I would like to begin with a with an with an amusing anecdote. Oh. So uh, you know, I was up at four o'clock for my day job, um, and uh, I don't really primp uh, so much as just get up, splash water on my face, um, brush my teeth, take pills for twenty minutes. put shoes on for 40 minutes and go out to face the day. So uh, I, I noticed this morning, so my hair, my hair is getting a little long and I had uh, achieved a, lev a, a level of featheredness that I honestly probably hadn't achieved since about 1982. And um, Owen Wilson, is that, is that you? So, so since I was able to achieve such feathered perfection today, I would, and, and, and it was completely coincidental. I was thinking that there may be something to this theory about putting a thousand monkeys in a room with typewriters. Right. Yeah. There's that. Yeah. And roll intro. I do have a couple of corrections from uh, your last episode with Jared El Segundo. That, that's not going to be the last one before this one comes up. So it's like two episodes ago. Okay. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Um, so you're ready to admit that Jared is stronger? No. <laughs> Especially not after last episode. <laughs> two episodes ago. Whatever. <laughs> erstwhile on the managing expectations podcast <clears throat> um take I, all I the time you need i'm working on some yogurt i don't i don't have a private jet i don't even have a timeshare for a private jet <laughs> um rich i'd never compare me to richard dreyfus i can't stand that guy It's just, it's just you're so incommunicado from Dave and Buster time on Friday afternoon till, till, Monday after, till Monday morning, you are a family man. That is not true. How many, I, I know for a fact, I sent you a handful of text messages on like Saturday night last week. No, I don't think so. I did. I was watching Clear and Present. I was watching Clear and Present Danger. Oh, okay. Yeah. Lifelong friends. Mm -hmm. I gave him that. I like Ann Archer, by the way. Okay. Yep. Correct. Okay. Okay. So you don't have a... Okay. So never compare you to Richard Dreyfus, who... He was, he was okay in Jaws, don't you think? He was okay in Jaws. Um, so he was he was a little forced, but you know, yeah. a lot of cocaine. He was kind of kind of uh, kind of fun in Close Encounters. Okay, I, I'm telling you, I haven't seen that movie since 1979. I mean, I, I think I saw it at the Continental. 
mm-hmm. or the Cooper, which I, I always confuse them. But uh, and um, yeah, I, I, I really don't remember it. Yeah. Uh, no, like uh, you know Bob Rumson. I think that's probably how he is in his real life. Is Bob Rumson the uh, senator that he plays in the American President? Okay, except Michael, that was Michael. a right. Except he was a right. He was he was yeah. a conservative Republican, based loosely on um, Bob Dole. Okay, so the American President, written by Aaron Sorkin, directed by Rob Reiner, um, kind of like the kind of like pre season for the West Wing. Yeah, let's uh, let's let's yeah, let's do two hours on something and see if we can make it a seven-year-long successful series. Or four, if I start doing blow again. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. So, but see, you know what? Typically, you know, and you know, I like I, I, I Aaron Sorkin is a guilty pleasure of mine, and it's not always guilty because sometimes he's right on but he does straw men mm-hmm. and so he uh so he keeps so richard dreyfus throughout this movie says my name's bob rumson and i want to be the next president of the united and states and i'm running for president of the united states is that what it was yeah okay. my name so, is bob rumson and i'm running for president of the united states yeah and it all sets it up okay and everybody just take it easy but spoiler alert okay fast forward 30 seconds Okay, if you can't handle this, but he says, uh, but it all sets it up for Michael Douglas to say with like power and glory, my name's Michael Douglas, the president, and I am the president of the United States. (gasps) Though the best line is, is that Michael Douglas says, uh, I'm glad that Bob Rumson cleared that up. I thought he was about to sell that crowd some Amway. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's funny i forgot that i i'm actually uh, you know i i've thought about watching it again but then i always think yeah i'd rather watch the west wing again yeah martin sheen is martin sheen is good in both martin sheen in, uh in uh, uh the american president plays chief of staff yeah straight talk uh uh Michael J. Fox is in it, right? Yep. Annette Benning. Mm, I don't know. I don't, I'm not crazy about Annette Benning the way some people are. Mm. Kind of a round face, big smile. So. <laughs> kind of my thing. So like a jack-o'-lantern. On uh, well, there's one episode of Seinfeld. Oh, hang on. Hold, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me get this. There's okay, one episode ahead. of Seinfeld where somebody's asking about Elaine, and they're asking Jerry to describe her, and he says, "Face like a frying pan." <laughs> <laughs> Can I introduce the podcast now? Howdy. Howdy. Yeah, good to be with you. 
know, welcome to the Managing Expectations podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Winger. With me, as always, is the aide-de-camp, Brian Grimm. Howdy, Brian. Howdy, Jeff. How's the weather up there in the Centennial State? Oh, it's incredible. It's like 70 degrees today. Are you seriously? I'm, I'm, I'm serious. It's, it's, it is beautiful. And it's going gonna, it's, it's gonna to be Brian like, works for the Chamber of Commerce. So frankly, you can't believe a word he says. Like I don't, there's like a few wispy white clouds, but it's like a blue sky, like the color blue I've never seen before. It's amazing. <laughs> It is a shade of blue I haven't seen since yesterday. Yeah. You ever seen a you ever seen a bottle of Bombay Sapphire? <laughs> see, <Boy>, have I? <laughs> it's just got that amazing blue color. Uh, my wife's eyes are a great blue, though. To be fair, they're not they're not as great as Paul Newman's. Yeah, that, that guy was just. Whew. Those are some blue eyes. Yeah, yeah. Well, so we've. Uh, so, so I was defending myself. I was clearing a few things up. Right, right, right. Um, you were clearing that up because I thought you were selling Amboy. And uh, there were a couple of other things that I felt needed to be addressed, but it's 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 Chekhov's gun, not Nabokov's gun. Oh, damn. Darn it. <laughs> well, okay, first of all, I, I I know it's Chekhov's gun. Did I say Nabokov's gun? Doggone it. See, you know what? And I and I know that you knew that. Yes, it's Chekhov. Doggone it. <sighs> Hang on, I gotta I gotta mute myself for a minute. <laughs> Idiot. All right. All right. What okay. Well I'm sorry. Uh, I'm sorry to bring it up. Unlike, I'm sorry to bring unlike it up. your your protestations too much uh, about the your personal stuff, that's valid and yeah, that makes me feel like an idiot. That's like, listen, we've been what, we're we're seventy episodes in on this thing. Yeah, we're more than that. Well, you know, I don't know. Considering, you know, let's see, there's the one you lost. There's the one Jared lost. Uh... Point is, we all make mistakes, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I walked right into that. All right. What else, what else did I? What other stupid thing did I say other than, you know, I for, I, I don't know, but maybe Nabokov had a gun too. He probably did. He probably yeah, but did. Chekhov's gun is the one that, if introduced in the first act, must be fired by the third. Yeah. Doggone it! Just think of all those people who don't know me as well as you. Think this guy is a moron. No, they're probably now that they're listening to this, they're probably thinking, "Oh yeah, that's right." No big thing. Yeah, now let's 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 listen to two more podcasts from that one moron. <laughs> okay, so anyway, what else? Now, now that you see how well I'm taking the criticism, 
what else? Come on, let's go. Come on, just just hit, just let's just clear it up. Um, um, there was there were a couple of other things. Uh, Jared was in a good mood. <laughs> uh, he was. Uh, I think uh, he had had a good day with his wife, and it stopped off for pizza. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I I did laugh out loud at a number of points during uh, that episode. There were I mean, some... mostly he was just doing Dana Carvey's bit, but I mean, it was hilarious. Yeah, it was pretty funny. Yeah. So I talked uh, yeah. your son into naming it something stupid. It, it just that that title for the episode doesn't work at all, but. Yeah. Anyway, just walk around the leaf. Just walk around the leaf. Um, yeah, his transition from that one show to Bugs Life was hilarious. <laughs> what? What one show? I don't get it. He said that he just finished watching a certain show, and then he was like, "Oh, uh, no, I meant uh, Bugs Life." <laughs> All right. So uh, you you want to settle down and yeah, have the talk? Do we need to talk, Brian? We need to talk. You see, Jeff, when two people love each other very much. Oh, you're talking about something else. Oh. <laughs> so, uh, um, by the time you're listening to this. By by the time uh, uh, by the time people are listening to um, uh, the this episode this episode, this episode uh, I will either have achieved fifteen years <laughs> what. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. Do you count your chickens before they're hatched? Absolutely not. That's well, foolhardy. That's seems foolhardy. Like it. What? That's fool. That that would be foolhardy. Pride before a fall, Brian. That's right. So, uh, by the time your audience, by the time you're listening to this, uh, I will either have achieved 15 years of not drinking, which is in its own way called sobriety or uh i will have crashed and burned because uh, for reasons that uh, uh will be made clear in due course but you just you know it's what you don't count it till you count it what is wrong with you nothing i just i've just never you know what you you know what you're right now you're acting like a guy who sits his quarterback for the last two games of the of the regular season so he's fresh in the playoffs and then gets smoked because because the, the guy's rusty no i'm I, I think i'm i think i'm a guy that <laughs> tries to have a little bit more positive outlook on what might happen in the next seven days <laughs> um right well and and i believe i've noted before that you're a glass half full guy and i'm a glass half empty guy and that's why this works 
<laughs> and that's what's and that combination, that chemistry is what made is what's what made us the success that we are today. Didn't uh, uh, Sammy Davis and uh, Frank have a song about something like that? Uh, high hopes. I don't know. <laughs> um, uh, Sinatra's had that song. Uh, That's life. That's what they say. <laughs> yeah, what, what is it? Uh, Living, you know, living large in April and on the skids in May. <laughs> I can't maybe remember. Maybe I'm thinking. Maybe I'm thinking. I'm thinking of Phil Hartman singing "Ebony and Ivory." Ivory. Okay, that that was. Uh, I can't. Was that was that Eddie Murphy who was uh, doing Stevie yeah. Wonder? Yeah. Yeah, maybe because that was. I think that that was Joe Piscopo. That was maybe was the only thing Joe Piscopo's ever said that made me laugh. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. No, Phil Hart Phil Hartman's uh Sinatra was so much better than mm -hmm. um uh Joe Piscopo's. Joe Piscopo just essentially played on his uh New Jersey, you know, reverence for Sinatra, but by that time Piscopo had started lifting weights and was just you know, I, I never really thought it was that funny. Mm -mm. And you remember my uncle Joe, who's who may or may not have had relatives in, um, shall we say, the organization, uh, in the the outfit. Yes, touch the side of your nose. <laughs> um, and uh, said that Sinatra never thought that Joe Piscopo was very funny either, though. If if Sinatra is what I think he was, you probably didn't think Phil Hartman's was hilarious, and I did. So I've got to disagree with the chairman on that one. Yeah. So Sinatra. so you were you were talking about something really serious. Yeah. So and important and important. Sinatra would be one of my many heroes. Who drank too much? It's uh, it's common, you know. Uh, long line of shickers that we could, uh, you know, uh, John Wayne, uh, Churchill, who I'll mention in a minute. Um, you know, I mean, some some guys. Uh, can function with it or high functioning and other people, you know, crash and burn. Um, you know, um, so anyway, so I wrote a thing, I had an opportunity to uh, um, exchange some correspondence with uh, a woman who uh, had said that, um, she was concerned about how much she was drinking. And I don't know, you know, um, I don't know how much I bring to this big zany game of life. You know, I, I, you know, I feel like 
I'm a juggler at this, you know, in the Supreme Court or something. You know, it's like everybody's <laughs> got big, important works. And I'm just like, come on, let me tell the story about the Volkswagen. Because I'm just a knucklehead. Da, 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 da. Dirt, da, dirt. So, um, <clears throat> uh, so uh, Brian, may will you uh, will you indulge me and let me uh, read this thing that I uh, yeah wrote, wrote, yeah all right so, yeah please do so I, I mean it's a it's a condensed um, version of my story such as it is and I don't I don't know I mean I've actually I've actually never attended an AA meeting uh, though my dad's a big AA man. Mm -hmm. I, I'm giving away. Uh, let, let, let me let me read this first, and then we can flesh some of it out and move on. And I don't know, talk about Animal House or something afterwards. John Belushi let his appetites get the better of him. Yeah. All right. So anyway, I have alcoholics on both sides of my family, except for my old man. No one has ever talked about or even acknowledge their condition. Because my relationship with my father was so acrimonious, my contempt for his many failed efforts to stop drinking so complete that I resolved to do what he could not, namely hold my liquor like a real damn man. I drank too much through high school and though a bright and sensitive boy, barely managed to graduate. I had a reputation as a heavy drinker and was renowned for my expertise. As my high school friends shipped out for college, I grew more serious about life. I married at 21 and had new responsibilities. I drank less frequently and not to drunkenness. But over the ensuing 20 years, I used alcohol to take the edge off, to dull the pain, to present myself as sophisticated on some occasions and as good time Charlie on others. I attempted to drink as much as possible without crossing the line into drunkenness. And while largely successful, mistakes were made. More frequently, I wasn't my best self when drinking. I said many regrettable things. I didn't treat my wife with the respect she deserved. In the early 1980s, in the early 80s, my old man had returned to Alcoholics Anonymous and managed to make it stick. Though my anger toward him was constant over the decades, he's been sober since, I think, 1983. We get along reasonably well now since I have the perspective of being a boozy horse's ass and I'm old enough myself to not have the energy to be mad all the time. Over the years, I would go a month without drinking, no problem. I'd do that every few years. Once I went three months, big deal. The thing is, if I'm, quote, taking the edge off a bad day, who am I kidding? They're all bad days, especially if I'm thirsty. Winston Churchill said, I've taken more out of alcohol than it's taken out of me. 
This is debated by historians, but not by recovering alcoholics who say that Churchill, never without liquor in his system, was most certainly a functioning alcoholic, but I lost the thread. Churchill said he'd taken more out of liquor than it had taken out of him. In my own case, it was too close to call. The other thing was that I could, for whatever reason, see a future in which I had to quit. I could quit on my own terms or on someone else's. I remember my last drink, unfinished, incredibly, who I was with, where I was. I remember the next day sitting in a parking lot, looking at the sky, swearing to God that I was through. It was November 11th, 2006, no Betty Ford, no AA, no jail, no shakes. Kurt Vonnegut called November 11 Armistice Day, having no truck with Veterans Day. November 11, 1918 was when the gun stopped in World War I and that ensuing silence, according to Vonnegut, was the last time God spoke. In my case, it was coincidence, but it makes it easy to remember. And now a word about God. I have from childhood believed in something huge and good out there. I mean, the wonder of it all. I believe that even in my, I believe that even in my angry youth, when among those I was angry at was God. I can't persuade an atheist and I can't recommend that God is a doorknob, God is a light bulb, idolatry substituted by AA, an organization formed in the 1920s by white Protestant males. But as Woody Allen, as the Woody Allen character says in Hannah and Her Sisters, of course there's a God, you idiot. And a, a promise, a vow, isn't something to be taken lightly. It's largely how I define myself, even as the world strips and tears less essential material away. Anyway, I've held to that up until today. It's obviously on my mind. Last night, I dreamed of falling off the wagon by mixing fine bourbon with Dr. Pepper, an abhorrent conjuring on every level. The stress of the pandemic, the lockdown, physical pain, a corrosive nihilism have all made me want a drink pretty damn bad. But you know, life was one way and then I stopped drinking and life was still pretty much that way, only better, better. I don't think my story is so remarkable. I don't think it's remarkable at all, but it is my story and that'll teach you to bring it up. Jews don't say mazel tov when a woman gets pregnant. They say it when the baby is born. You can't celebrate too much at the top of the mountain because you still have to get down the mountain. When I say I've stopped drinking, I mean down to this minute, I still have to get through the afternoon. I've said nothing about the alcoholism is a, is a disease aspect because I have friends with cancer. If I'm going to have evil genetics, 
a weakness for tequila shots seems pretty light by comparison. Uh, why don't I set this bottle down and you tell me about your chemo? I won't presume that that helps, but I hope it gives you something to think about until help arrives. So um, that's a little, that's my story uh, saved in my word processor as sobriety, but I also could have called it sobriety is stupid. Because so, <laughs> because sobriety, like nature, uh, is uh, important and um, ridiculous all at the same time. You know what? I, I just, I'm just like, I, you know, and this is the second time I've thought of this guy this afternoon. But like, what if the French are right? What if Jerry Lewis just captures the absurdity and the, 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 the horror of the human condition and, and Americans just don't get it. I've never really watched the Jerry Lewis movie since uh, it was a Saturday night movie when I was a kid. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Um, anyway, you know, it's funny. I, I even, even as a promise to God, I mean, You know, people make a lot of promises to God and, okay, let's leave, let's leave other people out of it. I've promised God a lot of things that I've come up short on. Um, it's funny that that should stick. But um, it's made... I don't know. It, it was funny, you know, so like I stopped in November and then we were still living in Fort Worth. And then I was applying for a job in Kansas city and, uh, you know, they flew us up there, it, uh, Mrs. Winger and I up there. And, uh, it was, it was pretty clear we were going to get the job and we, uh, ate out and, you know, she orders a beer, as is her want when we're, you know, in a restaurant, and I didn't have anything, and, and she was, it was funny, she was kind of self-conscious, you know, she's like, oh, it seems weird if you're not drinking, too, it's like, <laughs> you know, you're telling me, but, you know, I was just a few days in, and it's like, well, you know, this is, this is how it's going to be from now on, you know, so, and now she didn't think twice about it, mm -hmm. you know, Jeff doesn't drink, and, um, you know, I mean, I've, I, I've got it in the house. I like to think I'm a good host. Um, it, you know, I, I don't know. It's, it's just. Brian, do you have any questions to ask me about my sobriety? <laughs> um, it's funny that you mentioned the thing about uh, going out to dinner. Like uh, when I had made the decision to stop uh, drinking myself. We had dinner over at a friend's house and um, it, everybody had a drink and Sarah was like, uh, Brian's not going to have any. And my friend who I've had plenty of drinks around, he was like, oh, really? What are you going to stop drinking? <laughs> and I said, uh, yeah, I'm working on it. <laughs> and uh, yeah, that's how you make it 
a dinner party awkward. And, well, uh, and it was fine. And it was fine. Yeah. I mean, you didn't look, you know, if, if a person says, nah, no dessert for me, people don't flip out and say, Oh, come on. You can have a little dessert. Why am I saying right. like snagglepuss? Come on. <laughs> you can have a little dessert even. A la mode. Oh, that's um, funny because when I actually so so I I I wrote that thing about sobriety when I actually sent it to the woman, I made reference uh, to how important it is to be surrounded by people who <clears throat> uh, are supportive. Um, you know, uh, my wife, my friends uh, are. You know, I mean, and, and look, well, I'm I. I'm not an AA guy and neither are you. Um, we both live uh, a sort of regimented life. Um, actually, I, I, I wanna come back to this, but um, I, I actually used you as an example because, the, because I, know, I happen to know from other conversations that you have people in your life who, um, rather than being supportive, will say, oh, come on, surely you can have a drink now. What's the big deal? <laughs> kind of a big deal. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. When you're, listen, when you're, on, when you're on a streak, you don't want to stop. Right? Well, yeah. Although, well, don't you know, want you to. to yeah, you get to 15 and you start thinking, well, all right, so. Yeah, but you, but like you wouldn't say that. Well, I've been married for 15 years, so, so that's pretty good, right? <laughs> no. That's pretty good. Not when you're married to Mrs. Winger. No. Yeah. Yeah, if, if 15 was good, 30 will be great. 35 is even better. Yeah. Though she was a little fussy when I got home from work today, but that's neither here nor there. Yeah, that'll happen. You'll get that from time to time. Will Will I? Do you remember the time? Do you remember the time when I said, I don't know what this was. I mean, like after 20, uh, 20 or 25 years of marriage. And I'm like, I don't know, Brian, sometimes it seems like the magic's gone out of it. And you're like, really, huh? Magic's gone out of it. And, and the thing is, I mean, you, you know, you were, probably changing dirty diapers about that time yeah i probably was yeah <laughs> sarah was hooked up to a breast pump and i'm changing diapers <laughs> and you're talking about the magic being gone <laughs> okay i know you idiot i you know I, I i get that even though you didn't say you idiot it was it was implied i inferred the you idiot that you meant to say to me um yeah, so you know, it's it, it, it's it's funny. Um, I, I actually think that the old okay, so so um, as long times as long time listeners know, uh, 
I come from a much more dysfunctional family than you do. Yours was only half dysfunctional. But, but like you, like your family, I, I do have alcoholism on both sides of my family. Is that right? Mm hmm. Okay. Okay. Yep. Um, and though while my parents, uh, I've never seen them overindulge, um, I certainly have been around aunts and uncles who I did. Yeah. See, what's funny is, okay, so, so like my uncle was so much fun when he was hammered. He was hilarious. He would, you know, he just, he was funny. And he and dad um, were, were kind of funny together. Now, I mean, I mean, you know, I thought that they were funny to an adolescent boy and, you know, and, and, and they were hammered, you know. And, um, <laughs> I remember this is like some Thanksgiving in the seventies and they started like making up this song and they go, I'm Attila, Attila, Attila the Hun, I'll pillage your village and burn everyone. Uh, good times, Brian. Good times. This is at Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, it was after Thanksgiving. I mean, so okay. we'd moved, you know, I, I'm sure they'd said grace and then moved on to football. You retired to more private environs. <laughs> yeah. They, they, yeah, they had donned their smoking jackets and taken their brandy into the study. It's more like yeah, because that would that, that would have been over the top if that was at the dinner table. <laughs> yeah. So after I moved out of the house after high school, um, I had a guy come over to the house one time. You know, he, he was a friend, and he said, uh, "Winger, you got to clean up these beer cans." He says, "There's so much metal in this house, you're going to start to show up on radar." Anyway, uh, you know, that was, you know, I mean, I mean, that that really was, you know, before, but I, I, I think that um, in my case, there was just, there was like just this increment, there was incrementalism, there was mission creep um, to, to the point where, you know, um, you know, look, look, I, I mean, I was working nights. So if I had a drink when I got home from work and then Julene goes to bed, then if I have another one, um, it's not like we got a house full. So <laughs> some people would look that, at that and say, technically, I was drinking by myself. Which they would technically be right. And, you know. I mean, you know, that wasn't yeah. good. Right. Um, uh, was it in the, in the aughts, didn't, um, didn't somebody beat the Raiders in the Super Bowl bad? Uh, Tampa Bay. 
Was it Tampa Bay? I think it was because that was uh, the Raiders. It seems like uh, yeah, Al, Al Davis had fired John Gruden and he took a job. And then John Gruden took Tony Dungy's Tampa Bay team to the Super Bowl and won. Mm-hmm. So Gruden looks great. Tony Dungy's got to like start from scratch in Indianapolis, but does okay for himself. Yeah. Yeah, I think I, I'm I'm pretty sure it was uh, Tampa Bay beat beat the Raiders pretty badly in the Super Bowl. Yeah. So I remember watching that game by myself and having some beers and with with no context around me, I was uh, uh, I think I might have had too many. Yeah. I don't know, you know, but I you know, look. I, I mean, I don't want to kick myself over all the times when you know I, I made a mistake. Um, it, it, you know, it's, it's remarkable and I, it, but it's funny. I mean, if I've got, if I have the motivation to stop drinking, why don't I have motivation to do sit-ups? Cause honestly, I could be Batman. I mean, <laughs> well, Aquaman. <laughs> oh, you shut your mouth. Aquaman, not Jason Momoa Aquaman, but the talk to fish Aquaman. Did you see that movie? No, no. But maybe you you, you might have because you know there weren't you know the creepy supernatural elements that you you, you eschew. No, I uh, I think I think I didn't see that one because it just looked dumb. Uh, that would be my understanding. I, I I hear that there were literally sharks with lasers on them, which was last seen in an Austin Powers gag. Didn't wasn't there wasn't there a movie with uh, with LL Cool J about like genetically altered sharks? Was that the Deep Blue Sea? Maybe it's just Deep Blue. I don't know. Is that, is that the one where Samuel L. Jackson was in it for about 10 minutes? It's deep, it was Deep Blue something. Um, yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think it is the one with Samuel L. Jackson. Kind of, yeah, I, don't, I can't remember who was in that. Uh, I, I, I may actually have seen the part where Samuel L. Jackson, you know, um, stops being in the movie, shall we say? <laughs> Very oh, suddenly. no, you know what I'm doing? I'm uh, I'm confusing that with uh, Jurassic Park where he gets his arm torn off and then collapses inside the door. Remember that? Yeah. You know what I think about Jurassic Park, Brian? Um, I think we've talked about this on the Managing Expectations podcast, but I'm happy to go back to it. When I saw that, um, like they had just come out with the new, like, the newest Dolby digital and the theater was so loud and it sounded so realistic and lifelike. It like, I was, I was on the edge of my seat and I don't want to say I was scared, but I was concerned. (laughs) (laughs) There's a level of concern there that was elevated. (laughs) 
<laughs> I'm functioning at a heightened level of uh, concern. Concern. Um, uh, it wasn't scary as Jaws, and that's all. Not as, and, and that's just it. That's the point. Not as scary as Jaws. Anyway, not drinking. So, um, I don't know. You want to know anything else about it? Or are we moving on? Oh, so I, I never, so, so dad um, dried out uh, when he got, I think he got the right kind of, uh, like he had a sponsor in AA who um, dug dad's shtick. Um, and I do think, I, I, I continue to think that the right kind of mentor is important. Um, somebody that you connect with, you know, somebody that's just not, you know, a, a stiff or whatever. I mean, somebody that, right. you, you know, I guess that you can kind of be friends with. Um, but dad, dad was a real AA man. Uh, I mean, in, in his heart, he still is, though he's not as mobile. And I don't think he's gone to meetings over Zoom. Um, shortly after 2008, he went to a meeting and um, some knucklehead in the audience, uh, you know, lost, lost the plot. And uh, instead of talking about the relative relevant matters at hand, um, managed to call the president of the United States, Barack Obama, uh, the N-word. And uh, dad sat there and looked around for a minute, stood up and said, you know what? I'm out of here. And then like some other lady said, I'm going with you. Yeah. And then, uh, uh, then he didn't go to a meeting for several months. And um, he's, he's been to meetings since, I I guess it would have been after 2009 because the, the, I mean, I think Obama was president. Yeah. I, going back to what you said about, you know, certain things, you know, there's not one thing that works for everybody. It's some things work for some people, some things don't. Um, but what you said about having somebody, at least one person who gets it and some person who gets you to a certain extent as well, and that you can talk to about it and that you can relate to is huge. And so whether it's, going to a meeting or whether it's just having somebody that really understands the problem is I know for me, one of the most important things, if not the most important thing. So I, I, um, so, uh, let's see, there've been a couple of times when people seem to like pick up some sort of, psych i mean not really but like some sort of psychic you know uh subtext it's a, a vibe and and i've had a couple of different guys say uh hey uh jeff uh, let me ask you you a friend of bill w you know and i'm like no that's funny uh no my my dad's an aa guy but you know i stopped drinking a few years ago and like, oh, okay, well, yeah, just, 
And I think, I think that's interesting. I don't know what I'm giving off. I mean, I don't think, I, I, I certainly don't act like Carrie Nation. Um, I, 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 yeah. So, I, so then I was working closely with a guy who had uh, dried out by going to meetings and then he got to a certain level and he said, you know, I'm not going to go to meetings anymore. And he was doing fine. And uh, I said, do I do a thing? Do I seem like an AA guy? He goes, huh, no, not really. Well, I said, he says, I guess there's a couple of things that if I, if I thought about it, you know, I think, oh yeah, Winger, he's a program guy. And I, and I think that what, I, and I think as far as that goes, I think what people are seeing is just, you know, um, a regularity to my schedule out, outside and, you know, I, 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 well, tell you the truth, I still don't know what people see because I don't, I don't see myself as projecting sobriety and self-control, temperance, you know, I mean, I think that I am, I mean, seriously, I mean, I'm just, I'm just one decision away. I would say a bad decision, but I mean, you know, I could be, <laughs> I could be John Belushi or Chris Farley or, you know, uh, Freddie Rumson. You say that, but I don't see that. Okay. I mean, you know, you've seen me drink. You've talked to me when I've drank. We've drank together. Mm -hmm. Um, But you didn't really know, but you didn't know me in high school. And. (laughs) Right. I. (laughs) But, but, But that was high school. Do you feel like people change significantly from high school? Some do. Yeah, you did. You did. Uh, nope. <laughs> I just stopped. Nope. I just stopped drinking. When at, at my old job, I would I would often have people come from out of town. Okay, so I mean, I've kind of gotten better. Okay, but like I'm still a music snob, even though I stopped being cool 25 years ago. Okay, but I mean, uh, one of the bosses at work will put on a playlist and I'm just like, Oh my God, what is your, did you get this playlist from your divorced aunt Susan from, from, from somebody's wedding reception? This is horrible. You know, the, the guy who, there's this other guy. I mean, it's just like, he plays, it's like he playing the you the crappiest songs from the eighties, nineties, and the two thousands. So we've got we got we built this city, followed by Vanilla Ice singing Ice Ice Baby, followed up by Britney Spears Toxic. Woo! Simply, Simply Red doesn't want in on that playlist. Oh yeah, Red Red Wine. Yeah, that was UB forty. Oh, yeah, right. Simply red, wet, simply red, red wine. (laughs) 
Well, I'm just trying to keep it pertinent to our Some, sobriety cast. Something on your mind, Jeff? <laughs> <laughs> um. So I was, yeah, I was I was going to say that at, at my old job, I would I would often have vendors come in from out of town, and we would um, they'd oh, meet. We talk about P. Campbell. This is back when you were Pete Campbell. When I was Pete Campbell, um, we would have people come in from out of town, and we would often go to lunch, and sometimes we'd go to dinner. One guy, he'd always come in for lunch, um, and he was a guy who was really level-headed, a guy that I really enjoyed just as a person. And we'd talk business, and, and, and everything was good. It was interesting. Shortly after I stopped drinking, like you said, I don't know if I was what I was given off. But as we're leaving, he says, hey, do you know anywhere I can catch a meeting? Really? Mm-hmm. And I said... Uh, are, am I thinking what you're thinking? And he says, yeah, you know, um, just someplace I can get a little, just a little help. And, uh, and so it just turned into a discussion about that. And he, he'd been sober for 12 years. And uh, I said, well, I've seen you a number of times. I'm guessing that you know where you can catch a meeting here in Denver. He says, yeah, I just thought maybe you might want to go. You ever been to one? I haven't. Nope. I, I came close that I almost did that time just to check it out. Cause I was, I think I was only maybe a few months in. Yeah. See, at one point I actually thought about going to Al-Anon too, to help me get over just how mad I, how angry I remained with my, uh, toward my father. Okay. Here's Dan Winger. I was sick at the time, sick with the disease called alcoholism. Can you hear him say that? I can't hear him say that. <laughs> I, can't, I, I think I have heard him say that. <laughs> Dennis Miller's line is like, Okay, if it's a disease, it's a great disease to have. Come on, more jello shooters over here. I think there's a lot. I, I think there's a I can't I can't remember who says it. There's a line in a movie where somebody was talking about the disease of it. And somebody comes back and says, Yeah, I hear you catch it from open bottles. I just heard Kevin Williamson. it is an old line, of course, but you know, when I when I drink whiskey, I have it. To, I have an allergic reaction, and I break out in handcuffs. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't know. You know, I, I mean, believe me, there are times when I, you know, I mean, because this is no laughing matter. But I mean, you know, I, I mean, there's times when I look back and I, I wish I hadn't gotten behind the wheel. But, um, uh, sometimes you make mistakes and you don't have to pay for them and nobody had to pay for them. So, yeah. but, uh, yeah, I don't know. You know, I mean, I have friends, you know, my, my fireman friend, Scott, you know, he can, it's his day off. And I, you know, he, he, I've gone over to his house at 10 30 in the morning and he's working on his deck, you know, and he, <laughs> he'll crack a beer and he, I, I honestly, he's fine. Right. I mean, you know, I mean, 
you won't have another one until later in the day. And, and, you know, he may have be days before he has one. And I, I just think, I think there's a, an aspect where you start, you start thinking about things. And I know that, uh, you know, here's someone I don't quote often, but like Oprah, um, talking about food and just how culture is like, oh, you want to grab something to eat. And you go out and it's hard to eat healthy, right? If you're in a restaurant, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, things are geared a certain way and it's hard then to go against that, you know? And um, I don't know what that has to do with Scott. I just, I, oh, well, I, I do know. Um, Scott can go days without thinking about drinking. If he's busy, if he's got things to do, if he's got meetings, if he's working, you know, he's work, you know, he's 24 on and 48 off. Um, uh, you know, can, and, and do, you, I, do, do you? Yeah, can you? What? Go days without thinking about it? Yeah. I, I, I mean, I don't know that I, because I mean, I think it comes up here. Sometimes I play it for laughs. Sometimes mm -hmm. I, I do it just to convey a dark sensibility about, you know, whatever life or, you know, the, the vanity, the greatest vanity, you know, um, just the relative futility, just, just the relative futility of it, you know? And if you read Ecclesiastes, okay, it's like, God loves you, do what he says, because otherwise life is futile. And if you get some good meals with your loved ones, you're doing great. The end. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, you know what that sounds like, Brian? What's that sound like? Managing expectations. That's right. Yeah. So <laughs> King Solomon, us, Man. no wonder this is just blowing up. Smartest guy ever, <laughs> us. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, uh, yeah, so like. <laughs> we're just we're just nipping at his heels just right there you remember you remember that episode of mad men when i think it was maybe sally's birthday and don had to build a playhouse yeah and when you talked about your friend built you know building a deck and just having a beer at 10 o'clock yeah it's 10 30 that's fine uh didn't work like that for don and Right, right. And you remember he, I mean, he was, uh, there was that, that's when Francine looks out with Betty and Betty's like so proud that, you know. Don can work with his hands. And, and yeah. uh, Francine says, uh, oh, I'm sorry. Is that, no? No, it's fine. And Francine says, uh, that man, you know. Because, you know, he, I mean, he, he looked terrific, but he kept drinking through the day and he was hammered and ruined the birthday party by the end. Right. Yeah. So um, 
there's a lot more of that in my house than looking out um, longingly and saying that man. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, you know, but you know, whatever. I mean, you can't like, you can't change the past and the old man's dried out and you know, that's, that's how it goes. That's what you, I mean, you know, it's, it's better. I mean, this is, this is what I, this is what I said. And this is what I said to the woman who, you know, confided in me about her thing. Um, you know, she says, uh, you, know, you know, I mean, life's pretty much what I thought it was before. Uh, it's just, it's just better if I'm facing it sober. Because yeah, and that's when pe when people ask me about it. Go ahead. No, no, please. Go ahead. No. When people ask me about it. That's my. <laughs> that's that's my simple response, and plus I don't have to get into it too much. I just say I'm better without it. Yeah, yeah, that's about right. It's yeah, it's better when I don't drink. Did I ever tell you? Do you know why Hitler didn't drink? That? He was a mean drunk. <laughs> just imagine. Yeah, when people, right? had, yeah, just imagine. It could have been a lot worse. <laughs> yeah, I try not to to uh, like give like the bane response. <laughs> it would be very painful for you. <laughs> For you. <laughs> uh, all right. So I think, um, I don't know. So that's, that's that story. It's, it's, it's not like the entire origin story, but it's close. I mean, it's, it's a big, it's a big chunk of it. Um, you know, I did. So. I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know what an AA meeting is like. It's like, hi, my name is Jeff, Jeff W. And I'm an alcoholic. And then like everybody goes like, hi, Jeff. And then like, I don't know. It's like you share, you don't share or, or whatever. I mean, I don't think you have to like get up. Dad oh. says that there are. So the second word is anonymous. Um, and I think it's because it was started when there was a lot more of a stigma to it uh, than, than currently. Um, though, oh, let me ask you this. So, I mean, have you been in like business situations where you feel like people have looked at you askance? Uh, because, yeah? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I um... <clears throat> So part of my job, I would travel from time to time and I would meet with people and customers and things like that. And I tell you what, people in that industry love to love to go out to dinner and, and, and get wine and have a toast. I'm like, this is so stupid. <laughs> to our new venture. Yeah. To the Henderson and contract. And everybody would, you know, clink glasses. It's like, you serious? And, uh, and then when I, when I stopped, um, 
it was it was like I was throwing a wet towel on the party. It was like, what? Like what? What? What's going on? It's like nothing. nothing. I'm just. I just don't drink. Oh, okay. oh, is this a problem? Or I mean, <laughs> oh, dude, it's your third round. If it was a problem, I'd have said something by now. Yeah. Yeah, that's funny. Not not great. So, so part of my you know part of my job was was to do that, and so they wanted me to do that more to travel more, and that's part of the reason why I didn't do that. I left. So that's interesting. Also, if you're being P. Campbell, you'd have to like, you know, procure some quote actresses for the for the clients, right? No, it wasn't like that. <laughs> it wasn't like that. It wasn't like that. Okay. Well, if you say so. Now some of the guys would want to go out and I'd have to excuse myself. Nah, that's that's fine. I'm just gonna head back. Yeah. 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 I mean, yeah, I think, you know, I'm, I'm trying to think. I, I mean, mostly it hadn't been a problem for me, and I don't know why it is um, I should uh, have gotten a pass on things that are hard for you. I've never, I've never had dinner with anybody who's supposed to be my friend who says, come on what's it gonna hurt just one it's like these guys are like straight out of central casting come on just one's not gonna hurt you <laughs> like do you think i haven't tried just having one you know i mean right. look it's like if one is good two is better right duh that's math it's just it's simple mathematics I, I you know one other thing i was gonna say and i do think I, there are a handful of like artists um so like singers songwriters from john hyatt to um warren zevon um all got sober um lots of lots of those guys uh i also think that some of the works of like aaron sorkin you know i, I actually think aaron sorkin um helped familiarize me like scenes from the west wing and even mm -hmm. sports night like william h macy in sports night plays a guy who um uh, is, is like a, is like a meeting guy. Uh, and then in the West wing, Leo McGarry, uh, is a recovered alcoholic. And, mm -hmm. and there's just, there, there's a couple of great scenes. Like he's, um, his lawyer at one point when, you know, the administration's under investigation by Congress, um, the, the uh, he's he's talking to his lawyer and and she says how could you be so stupid he says do you think it has anything to do with smarter and smarter dumb do you have any idea how many alcoholics there are in Mensa this is not like that 
and then and then um he says he says i don't he says my brain works different i don't understand people who can leave half a glass of wine on the table and and it was good to hear a sorkin character say that out loud because that actually speaks to me now now in my case i also probably have food issues um though less acute um i say that now since it's not swimsuit season feast your eyes china um did you say uh, cute what did you say cute <laughs> i think my uh, internet connection's unstable so um it's not um you know, I, I don't know why anybody, I mean, I don't know how you don't clean your plate. I don't know how you like leave half a half a glass of soda on the, or iced tea on the table, you know? I mean, just clean your plate. There's starving children in the world, you know? But, you, and I, you, ha, you, and I, you and I had lunch a couple, a couple years ago and I left half a plate of fries and you said, are you seriously gonna leave all those fries? And I said, yeah, I'm, I'm full. You <laughs> were like, wow. You can do that? I'm like, yeah, that's not a problem. Fries aren't a problem. Yeah, actually, I can leave fries, though I probably seldom do. But <laughs> I don't know. That, that may have been the last time um, I ate out. <laughs> uh, so anyway, so I think... I think uh, you know, and oh, you know what? And there's that great, um, so Christopher Hitchens is no teetotaler. In fact, I mean, the guy's like legendary for how much he could drink. Jonah Goldberg talks about like going to his, I mean, for a while lived in the same apartment building with Hitchens and his wife. And um, they got invited for dinner, like on a Tuesday or Wednesday night. And, and Hitchens drinks like an entire bottle of whiskey over the course of the evening and seemed fine. And Goldberg says, you know, ah, that's, I mean, he, he kept drinking through the evening cause he, you know, cause he's not a teetotaler and he's trying to, uh, but he's not really, he's not really trying to keep up, but he's doesn't want to seem like a, like a yeah. pansy. So trying to, fit, yeah, trying to fit in. Yeah. And he's just, I mean, you know, now Hitch, Hitchens has been dead for, you know, almost 10 years. And uh, Jonah Goldberg's just like, yeah, that guy could, that guy could drink. <laughs> so, you know, I mean, I guess, I guess mm -hmm. good for Hitchens. You still there, buddy? Yeah. Uh, is my video froze yeah. on your end? You there? Nope. You're looking good. Well, I'm looking as good as I Yeah. Look. Can you hear me? Yeah, yeah. Hello? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, since okay. I'm recording on my side, I'm hoping uh, that uh, I'm ho I'm hoping that uh, uh, if I just keep talking, it's going to record and despite my lousy internet connection, uh, you know, we'll be okay. Yeah. It's going to be fine.
going to be fine. It's going to be fine. Well, anyway, so, so that's it in a nutshell. See, there's, there's, there's that optimism that, you, that there's that optimism. What's optimism? There's the optimism you get from this side. <laughs> there's this half full optimism that you get from this side. It's going to be fine. Yeah. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Don't get too excited, Brian. You're going to spoil mine. It's just, it's going to be fine. Well, I, I, uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, anyway, it's better. Listen, you don't want, you don't want to, you don't want to count your chickens before they hatch. 15 years is 15 years. So. Yeah, it's good. Keep up the good work. I just wonder if I go to like AA now, can I like get a 15 year shit? You know, like the coin, you know, they give stuff away. Or I mean, do I like actually have to have been? I think for 15 years, you get like a flavor flave medallion that you wear around your neck. An amulet. <laughs> or as the Vietnamese say, bua. So yeah, I was I, on a, I was on a meeting the other day, and uh, this one guy um, uh, has something to say, and he says, "It reminds me of the Spanish uh, uh, expression." And then he like busts into like the Spanish, and he said, "The Spanish, which is fine." And he says, uh, "It is essentially, show me who your friends are, and I will show you." I'm like, mm, yeah, we have that. We say that in English too. I don't know that you had to go to the to the to the Spanish. So I wanted to come in with like just like, just like a Vietnamese idiom, you know, like say, well, you know, uh, there is a, a Vietnamese expression, uh, "tian chow chow mook," and uh, and then I'm like, okay, wait, take it easy. You don't know who this guy is. You don't know what he's about. You don't need to like <laughs> throw. Like, that's not throwing hard inside. That's that's beaning the batter. Hey, speaking of baseball, I I I, I was kind of happy that the Braves won. I was I was too. And there's there's an interesting storyline which which might need to go into another podcast. But um, a pitcher on the Braves whose name is uh, Tyler Matzek, who uh, was a pitcher is for the he an alcoholic? No, I, I don't know. He might be, but I don't think so. Um, but he was a pitcher for the Rockies and he had a couple really great starts, but then the wheels came off like really, really badly. And he got sent down to the minors and then he like fell a couple, you know, went from triple A to double A and just, uh, you know, they, they call it the yips and he could not just could not figure it out. You know, he would have outings where he would like walk four, give up three home runs and get one guy out and just, just could not put it together. And he, he said that the anxiety started to build after that, that you have one bad outing and then you add another one after that. And the, the pressure and the anxiety just starts ratcheting up in you forget, you forget how to throw strikes. Hmm. And uh, he bounced around for a long time. And then he got in touch with a 
um, pretty good sports psychologist and it really helped him. And he, like this postseason, he was lights out. He struck out three, three people in game six the other night. And so it's wow. just, just, it's just kind of a cool story. It is. It is pretty great to see, um, um, Washington. Uh, what's, what's Wash's first name? Ron. Ron Washington. Um, tell him Wash. It's incredibly hard. Yeah. Uh, we're, we're talking about the, um, okay. So Ron Washington is like, he's been in major league baseball for 50, 50 years. years. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so he's 75 if he's a minute and he, he stands, he is fit. He stands arrow straight. I mean, he looks like, I mean, you wouldn't want to, you wouldn't want to arm wrestle the guy. No. Yeah. And um, he, uh, but he, he's been around, he, he was coaching or he was managing the, uh, the Rangers a few years ago. And before that he was in, uh, he was the infield uh, coach for the Oakland A's. And he is a character, in fact, in Moneyball. I mean, he, he, and, and so there's like some great, there's like that great scene where um, Washington and Billy Bean go to Scott Hatterberg's family room. <laughs> right. So it's, it's the actor Brad Pitt and uh, Oliver, <laughs> Oliver Pratt, Platt, uh, Chris Pratt. <laughs> that would be funny. Oliver Platt. Uh, playing, uh, you know, and so, uh, you know, Billy Bean's trying to say, we, we don't want you to, he says, well, I can't really be a catcher anymore. He says, we, we don't want you to be a catcher. He says, all I've ever played is catch. He says, no, we want you on first base. He says, well, I don't, I don't know how to play. He says, I'll teach you. It, it, first, first base is easy. Tell him, Wash. <laughs> it's incredibly hard. <laughs> it's incredibly hard. And then what, what was the, what was the line? He says, uh, what about the fans? And he says, yeah, maybe I can teach one of them how to play first base. Yeah. <laughs> he, says, he says, you know, later on in the movie, he says, what's your, what's your biggest fear? Uh, baseball being hit in my general direction. <laughs> Wasn't it him who said, uh, oh, no, no, it was somebody else. Remember when they're like going through the new guys? It, it, is Ringhausen. Uh, and he says, "Who? What? No, gone." Isringhausen was a was a pitcher, and he they lost Isringhausen in free agency. Okay, well, there's a, they were going through the list of names of guys they do have, and somebody says, "Who?" He says, "See, he sounds like an Oakland A already." <laughs> <laughs> well, that was great. Anyway, one of our favorite uh, movies. The interesting thing about Ron Washington, he's a guy who's also had his ups and downs with substance. Oh yeah, problems. Mm -hmm. he, he lost his job or I don't think he, I think he got resigned from the Rangers after a, a slip up. Oh, no kidding. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, you know, look, there's certain jobs and we're starting to, we're starting to go on a little too long, but there are certain jobs which attract, I, I mean, 
there's a culture. I, I think it's the culture. I don't, I don't, I don't know that. Uh, well, uh, I've got a genetic predisposition for alcoholism. So I'm either going to become a cop or a writer. But what I think is the guys who become cops and writers and a handful of other things get into that culture and then they, they, they see everybody else doing it. And so they start doing it and sometimes it bites and doesn't let mm -hmm. you go. Yeah. Other times people let, let you go. Um, in, in the Grimm family favorite television show, NYPD blue, uh, Sipowitz was a drunk who got sober, right? Oh, don't I know it. And a generation before that, uh, Daniel J. Travanti in uh, Hill Street Blues, uh, what did he play? Uh, his girlfriend called him the pizza man. He was, had an Italian name. I can't remember the character's name, sorry. If Gary was here, he'd know. He would, your dad was a Hill Street Blues guy too? Loved Hill Street Blues. So was there, was there a police procedural since Adam 12 that your dad didn't love? Probably not. <laughs> one Adam 12, one Adam 12. That's Sam Waterston. He's a good actor. <laughs> Law and Order. Mm -hmm. yeah. oh, they yeah. like Law and Order too? <laughs> Big time. Okay, so here's the difference. Your dad probably loved Law and Order for all the right reasons. My dad would watch Law and Order and say, that is a violation of their civil rights. Right there is why you do not talk to the police. I'm telling you, my dad is like Dennis the Peasant from uh, Monty Python and the Holy Grail. <laughs> it's like, do you see? Do you see that the violence inherent in the system, the system is oppressing me. Okay. Look, on that, uh, we welcome your comments uh, about this uh, very special episode of the Managing Expectations podcast. We'll call this the sobriety episode. Anyway, um, um, we welcome, uh, you know what, uh, we welcome your feedback. We really do. Um, just don't, don't do a lot of, don't. Don't say nice things about me. It's not like that. It's just. It's just don't make it weird. Yeah, don't make it weird. <laughs> don't, don't make eye contact or make it weird. Um, the, um, uh, you know, the other thing is if you're digging, the, if you're digging the podcast, uh, you know, recommend it to a friend, share it with somebody, say, hey, this is worth it. Give it a listen. Um, you know. Um, that's probably going to be more helpful to us at this stage of things than, um, uh, giving us a five-star review. I'm really not sure that we're on Apple's radar and maybe that's a good thing. But anyway, if, if some more people wanted to listen to it, that'd be okay too. So please, uh, like, subscribe, share, especially share. So. Brian, you got anything else? Nope. It's been it's been good talking with you.
you know, whatever. I did all the talking. He didn't do anything. He just, just, <laughs> you just laid there like a luge player. Uh, I did want to give some quick feedback about the, uh, the episode with Jared about the luge. Yeah. <laughs> Jerry Seinfeld says, you know, the thing about the luge is that it's just like the bobsled, except for it's, it's just Bob. <laughs> <laughs> And people are like, oh, he's such a tremendous athlete. He's such a tremendous athlete. Did you see the way he pointed his toes? <laughs> <laughs> see, it was all I could do after I had the, uh, after I made the unfortunate formulation of uh, saying all I would have to do is lie there and not do anything. Um, I was reminded of um, a joke about Britons. Uh, so, the, so, so a married Anglican couple make love and he thanks says, everybody. Th thanks everybody. Great being with you today. <laughs> says, Did I hurt you, darling? She says, no. Why? He says, you moved. <laughs> Thanks for listening, everybody. Yeah, let's see. Hey, that was a little something for our fans in Ireland. Yeah, they'll love it. They'll love that one. <laughs> Thanks, everybody, for listening to the Managing Expectations podcast. Until next time, I'm for Brian Grimm. I'm Jeff Winger. Peace and love.